I think we've enjoyed quite enough of overcast, don't you? Of course, we do remember that Mobile is the rainiest city in America. Not in days of rain, but in amounts of rain. And so we can expect some clouds, some mist, some rain. And it has the effect of making our city uh, lovely and green. And we appreciate that. So we best not complain too much about the rain. And yet Mobile looks its best when light and shadow, blue sky and white clouds set the live oaks, the azaleas, and all the rest into dazzling relief. And so we are grateful for the sunshine. And if you get a chance today, I hope you'll get out and enjoy a moment of brightness in this first day of, first Sunday of 2019, this last day of Christmas. The day is Epiphany. And the word Epiphany is derived from a Greek term meaning to shine upon or to shine by. To have an epiphany is to have a moment in which the very essence of reality is revealed when the true nature of something is shown. Epiphany happens when the particularity of something is seen with such depth, with such clarity that it illuminates everything around it. The day of Epiphany is therefore a day of light, a day of illumination. And so we hear from Isaiah, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, for darkness shall cover the land, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And then we read today, and Sheila has already shared with us about those wise men who followed the star until they came to the place where Jesus was. The light of Epiphany is not that of the star, however. The light of Epiphany is Jesus himself. He is the light of the world. That is why so many depictions of nativity have light streaming upon Mary's son or maybe streaming from Mary's son. I suspect that all of us here have seen the nativity scene called the adoration, not of the wise men, but of the shepherds. It was painted by Gerhard von Hornthrust in 1622. And you've seen it on Christmas cards, maybe in Christmas devotionals. The Holy Family is gathered around, and right in the center of the painting is this crib with this baby, and there is light emanating from that crib. It is radiant, and those who surround the crib are illuminated in that radiance. Now, that is, of course, from the first day of Christmas, but it is equally applicable to the last day of Christmas. For Epiphany is about the light of the world. The one whose presence reveals to us the very essence of reality. 
The Magi who follow the star, they come finally to the place where he is, and that is where they stop. And they are overwhelmed with joy at the prospects of seeing him. He is the dawning light of God's glory. He is the epiphany who makes known the truth of who God is and who we are as persons created in God's image and beloved. And the light who is Jesus shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it, cannot outsmart it, cannot outmaneuver it, cannot overcome it. Of course, there is one person in the story who tries to outsmart, outmaneuver, overcome the light. His name is Herod. His title is The Great. Herod the Great, he is a builder of great structures. He built the amazing man-made harbor at Caesarea, creating a harbor where there was none. He built the mighty fortress at Masada, and most of all, he built the great temple in Jerusalem. He is a great builder. He is a strong man who uses others for his own purposes, He is a user of all things, people, politics, and especially religion. He is a tyrant, a liar, suspicious, self-obsessed, willing to sacrifice anything and everything and anyone for his pursuit of power. In his own terrible way, Herod is one who embodies the dark side. Unfortunately, Herod is still with us, not, of course, as an historical figure, but as one whose way persists. Herod lives in those who live as he lived, those who try to rule and lead as he ruled and led. Herod is still with us in the dark possibilities and the choices that can and sometimes do mark our lives. Herod tries his best to extinguish the light, to deny its existence, to put it out, and you know the story, how after Jesus is born and after the wise men visit, Herod unleashes a reign of terror on all the children in the surrounding countryside, the slaughter of the innocents. Herod tries to do away with the light and to to create some sort of dim and dull substitute for himself. And there is a moment when it appears that Herod will succeed. It is a moment that occurs over and over again. In every generation, every year, month, day, minute, every life, every community, every situation imaginable, in all of these, the darkness will descend with what appears to be ultimate finality. But as John reminds us, the true light shines in the darkness. The darkness cannot comprehend it, cannot outmaneuver it, cannot outsmart it, cannot overpower it. And the wise men know this. They are outsiders. 
They come from the east, the land of strange philosophies and religions. They are astrologers, magicians, who deal in mysteries alien and anathema to the Jews, yet they are drawn here to this place, led by a star to this one who is the light of the world. And upon finding him, they worship him. They make their offerings to him. Coming as they do from a faraway place, these wise men are the first to recognize, the first to bear witness to the fact that Jesus is not just the Savior of the Hebrew people, but of all people. They reverence him. They trust him. They rejoice in his coming. Beloved church, it is true that Herod is still with us. But so are the wise men. Their desire, their determination lives in us. Their journey is our journey. That's what Shiloh is saying to the young people. That we are all on this journey. We seek the same one they seek. Jesus is our epiphany. He reveals to us the very nature of reality. He shines the light of his love, of his grace, of his compassion, of his truth, of his mercy upon the dark places of our lives and of our world. And we have no higher purpose than to allow him to be who he is, to receive him, to reverence him, to make our offerings to him. In the ultimate paradox, the light shines on the day of greatest darkness, on the night before he is betrayed in the darkness. Jesus shares a meal with his disciples and says to them, remember me in my broken body and shed blood. He goes out into the darkness, into the garden, and he prays. And before the dawn, he is arrested. And at midday, he is crucified, and there is darkness over the land. And then on the third day, he rises. And the light that is inextinguishable shines on the world and illuminates even that dark hour. And we come to understand that it is the hour in which we are saved. And so we will come to the table. And everyone here is welcome at this table. No one is excluded, regardless of your age, regardless of your religious affiliation. You are welcome at this table. This is the Lord's table, not ours. It is a proclamation of the gospel. And all are welcome. 
And on this first Sunday of a new year, we've made our pledges to support our church. And this is our first opportunity to do that in the new year. And we, like the wise men, will bring our treasures and offer them to Christ. And we do this knowing that we're not worthy to do any of it. But we are loved. We are beloved. And we are welcomed. And we are invited. And so we are bold to make our, our, our confession. You find the confession printed in your bulletin. I invite you to join me in that confession. In peace, let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And now as forgiven and reconciled people, we offer ourselves and our gifts to God. As our ushers come forward, we sing our call to offertory.